Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 79. Today, we're going to jump into the relationship between your tech, data, and content. So to start off with, let's define our terms. Tech, that's the tools we use to display, transact, and store. Data, that's the content we create, use, and store about leads and clients and partners. And our content is the text, images, graphics, videos, audio files that we use for lead, client, and partner consumption. During the initial tech setup, a lot of how your content is going to look and data is going to be stored is defined. The content aesthetics are usually straightforward to add to any given tool because they are stored in your brand guide. The brand guide highlights font families, font weights, colors, and the visual style. Data, meanwhile, is not usually quite as structured. Some of this will be dictated by the software tool we're using, and others will come from conventions that we have adopted along the way. I could probably sum up this entire episode by saying that we need to have a living document to keep our data storage plan as organized as the brand guide. But there's so much more to this conversation. Let's get into it. When we're setting up new software tools, both your brand guide and your data storage plan will help this tool be as effective as possible as soon as possible. The data side of setup and the content side of setup can be done independently. And I generally recommend having as much of your content ready to go, but actually to do the data configuration before the content loading. Let's walk through this with a couple of examples. And surprise, surprise, I'm going to start with an example using Thrivecart. I've said it before, it's just a fantastic tool and it's perfectly suited for case studies since it touches so many elements of both content and data. When we're setting up Thrivecart for the first time, we need to connect it with our other tools, specifically our paid access portal and our email marketing provider. It's a forward-facing tool. So instead of going through a ton of setup before you can get started actually using checkout pages and taking payments, you can do those almost immediately. Seriously, you get started on putting together that checkout page as you're going through the setup which is precisely why it's beneficial to have all of your content already figured out. Makes this process a whole lot faster and easier. In the case of Thrivecart, your content is gonna consist of your logo, a video or image for the cart sidebar, your product features as bullet points, one or two testimonials, and then content for the thank you page, which is the heading and maybe a video and some text. But even more important than the content in this case is the data. What data are you collecting? How are you storing it? What systems need what pieces? And so on. Thrivecart connects with your payment processor, be it Stripe, PayPal, or Authorize.net, 
but it doesn't actually store the sensitive financial data. That's kept within the actual processor. What Thrivecart does retain is the customer lifetime value along with their purchases and subscriptions. The payment processors retain the payment card data and other stuff that doesn't belong outside of their platforms. I strongly suggest that we don't try and do anything with that sensitive data. Just leave it in the payment processors and know that you are protecting your customers. But the other data that Thrivecart collects and creates, like your name or email address, the products that people buy, their order numbers, how much they spent, when they bought, which processor they actually use, if they came through an affiliate, or any number of other different pieces of data that we create. That data most likely doesn't need to live in Thrivecart alone. It needs to be pushed to our internal business management utilities. We already have a good example of this since we push the purchaser's name and email address to our email marketing system to welcome this new customer to their product or deliver the product or to provide additional value. And we often push this information to other systems as well that they are now getting access to as a result of the transaction that they have just performed. But there is still more that we can do. What other tools are you using online and what data generated by Thrivecart would improve your usability of that other tool? Think about your financial systems and your CRM. Anything that can be set up once and just work reduces the amount of manual processes you'll need to do now and into the future. All this to mean that when a transaction or action is performed in one tool, it can generally be synchronized with other tools within your tech stack. But without some planning, we might have just created a monster. It's not good enough to push data from one system to another without factoring in what the new system is going to do with that data. Again, let's go back and look at Thrivecart pushing the data to ActiveCampaign. It's fine that it pushes the name and email address of our new customer, but it would be a lot more beneficial for a clear roadmap of how that user is going to be treated once the data is pushed over to ActiveCampaign. Are they going to be added to tags, lists, automations? And if you're using the CRM side of ActiveCampaign, is their purchase moving them through a deal or starting a new deal for them? And who is doing the data manipulation work? Is it Thrivecart or is it ActiveCampaign? We can trigger an ActiveCampaign automation from the Thrivecart purchase, which could then add a series of tags, possibly send them emails, possibly add them to the CRM functionality or add a note to their account. And there's a lot more things that it can do as well. But my general rule of thumb is to push as little as possible and leverage as much as possible within a native system. So while Thrivecart could add tags and remove tags, add to automations and remove from automations, I prefer to have Thrivecart do less, just add someone to the right automation and for that automation to take care of all the nuances inside the platform. This rule of thumb came about because it became very confusing in some of my client accounts to know where to add the tag, whether it was from Thrivecart or an active campaign or this or that. And I found that the fewer pieces of data that we try and send between the systems, 
the better off we are with speed and accuracy. Now, let's look at another tool. This time it's Member Vault because Mike has added a huge function that pushes data to the nth degree. In Member Vault, they have actions that can trigger data collection on ActiveCampaign or in your email marketing platform of choice. But you know me, I'm getting ahead of myself yet again. Let's start with you going to techofbusiness.com forward slash MV and signing up for a forever free account. This account allows you to have up to 50 subscribers or purchasers at no charge. At this level and all levels, we're able to create courses and memberships and freebies and the whole binge and buy marketplace. And like Thrivecart, we're able to get started loading our content in quite early on. Right out of the box, the platform just works and adding your branding elements from the style guide will make it yours in no time. Content in this case is broken into several distinct sections. The first is their product information, which will include your product name and its description and a graphic. Then there's your welcome message, which is displayed to purchasers or signups on the main course delivery page. A teaser message, which gives a preview of the product and acts as the sales page or landing page copy. Modules and their associated lessons, which can consist of text, graphics, videos, downloads, and anything else that you can think of embedding. Modules also have short and long descriptions. There is a lot of content that goes into putting something together on Member Vault. So in most cases, I find that the best way to start a Member Vault project is to have a high level understanding of what you want to use it for and wireframe it. Use dummy content and placeholders to get the structure in place without getting bogged down with your content creation. This is all so that we can get to the vast amount of data and what to do with it. There are two sides of the data that I want to discuss next. The first is the gem that Mike recently, like two months ago, revealed, and that is the actions. This is where Member Vault can push a vast amount of data over to ActiveCampaign or your email marketing provider of choice when your users do any number of things in your Member Vault. Seriously, this list is everything. Over in the show notes, I have a full list of the actions that we can use as triggers, but here are just a few that I have personally implemented. When someone creates an account, when someone first logs in, when someone is added to one of my free products, when someone is added to one of my paid products, and when someone views a teaser content for a specific product. Again, go into the show notes and you can see all the other actions that are available. And if you're wondering who this Mike guy is, I will have a link for you to the entire Member Vault series that I did back in January of this year so that you can hear from Mike and hear some other Member Vault stories. Now, that list of actions is seriously a lot of data that we can generate about our Member Vault users. Well, more data is great. Making sure that we make the most of it is even better. Some of the actions are only relevant if you have bonus content that people unlock when they earn EP. That's short for experience points, and it's a way to gamify maintaining progress through the material. The data available on the Member Vault admin dashboard is robust and sometimes more relevant to a business than pushing all that data over to their EMS. So while I love data and connecting tools, it's also prudent to not go overboard. 
Before I jump into the other data collection element of Member Vault that is pure genius, hand hand EPs, I want to highlight the fact that both Member Vault and Thrivecart have great dashboards. And so does ActiveCampaign. And so does your CRM. And so does nearly every tech tool that we use these days. So when it comes to reviewing your data and making decisions based on that data, it matters less where the data resides and more that it provides the insight you need. Do not get hung up on making every piece of data fit into one tidy dashboard if you can glean segments of your data from multiple dashboards. Okay, mini rant over. I just don't want to be creating custom dashboards to hold all of your data when there are a lot more exciting things we could be working on. So now back to that brilliant idea I was talking about. As I hinted, it's EP or engagement points. Points are earned by users who access the content and progress through your products. They get points when they mark a lesson as complete and points when they mark a module complete and even points for viewing lessons. This means the more someone is on your platform and working through your material, the more they get rewarded with EPs. We can use EPs to unlock bonus material and trigger email automations. EP leaderboards can be public within your member vault for all your users to see, or they can be an internal function only. The public EPs are great motivators in gamification. This EP data should remain in Member Vault since it's mostly irrelevant outside the platform. Even when it triggers automations, it does this through adding a tag in Active Campaign, not by sending the EP value over to Active Campaign. I've spent my life, seriously, since the early 1980s working with computers and believe that we're in the best place we've ever been with tools that can bend to our every whim, the ability to create a vast amount of content and collect an insane amount of data. Your content, if not structured, does nothing for your audience. Your data, if not handled appropriately, won't give you the insight into how to move things forward toward your goals. We all want to do new and bigger things in our businesses. And the tech we invest our time, money, and energy into creates a strong foundation upon which our content can do its job and data can give us the insight we need. While none of us hesitate to hire an accountant, a lawyer, or real estate agent when they are needed in our businesses, we also should not hesitate in hiring an expert to help us remove our tech blinders. Here at the Tech of Business, it is my mission to help your tech do the most it can for you. Together, we can empower you with a deeper understanding of the relationship between your tech, your content, and your data. This is done in one or two tech breakthrough sessions, not a long drawn out process. Let's get you and your tech and your data working toward that next big goal with eyes wide open. If you are interested in a tech breakthrough session, I have that linked up in the show notes. So just click in your podcasting app or go to techofbusiness.com forward slash 079 to access the show notes and click over to the tech breakthroughs. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the Tech of Business podcast today. I'll be back on the mic next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.